It's September 13th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got three briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, Joe Biden is under investigation. That announcement came yesterday from House Republicans who are launching an impeachment inquiry into acts of official corruption. I'll show the details on what we know and what comes next. Second, the CIA paid analysts there to cook the books on the origin of the COVID pandemic. That is the allegation made yesterday by a CIA whistleblower. Details on that in just a bit. Third, if your diesel or heating bills are starting to spike all of a sudden, I've got the answer for why that is later in today's episode. Finally, we close out the podcast with a critique. A listener thinks that I cover China and so-called green energy just too darn much. I'll explain why I think that critique is wrong. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. Joe Biden is under investigation again. And I say again because he has long faced federal investigations into his handling of classified information. But yesterday's announcement was different. It could lead to his impeachment and potentially his removal from office. Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy announced that three House committees would open an impeachment inquiry into Mr. Biden regarding his alleged corrupt acts related to his son Hunter Biden and his foreign business deals. Of particular focus, Mr. McCarthy said, well, he and his folks are going to gather proof of financial connections between Biden Sr. and Biden Jr. Right. The allegation, of course, is that Joe Biden directly profited from Hunter's foreign business deals and that Joe changed or altered U.S. policies to help his son and, of course, make secret cash along the way. So by declaring this inquiry, Speaker McCarthy now has additional legal tools to force federal agencies like the Treasury Department and private sector uh, banking officials to just provide more evidence, such as banking records. And that could potentially force the Biden Justice Department to further cooperate, which they largely have not done to date. So during his remarks yesterday, Speaker McCarthy said, quote, House Republicans have uncovered serious and credible allegations about President Biden's conduct. And taken together, these allegations paint a picture of a culture of corruption, end quote. Well, in response, the White House just said that was silly. They blasted this move by Mr. McCarthy by saying in a statement, quote, House Republicans have been investigating the president for nine months and they have turned up no evidence of wrongdoing, end quote. And by the way, that was echoed by a number of U.S. media outlets, such as this next statement from NBC News, quote, the GOP-led investigations have not uncovered evidence of wrongdoing by the president, nor any connections between the president and his son Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings, end quote. Okay, well, is that true, though? Is there any evidence that might suggest that Joe Biden is actually connected to his son's business dealings? Or again, is this just some sort of partisan witch hunt that lacks even a shred of evidence or concern? Well, let's explore that with a focus on two central questions. First, did Joe Biden financially benefit from his son's business deals? And second, did he ever change or alter U.S. policies for financial benefit or for the benefit of his son? Because if so, most reasonable people would say that that fits the very constitutional definition of high crimes and misdemeanors, and he ought to be impeached and removed from office for it. 
So let's unpack what Joe Biden claims, and let's start with this central claim. To this day, Mr. Biden says that he has never spoken to his son Hunter about any of his business deals. He said that back in 2019, 2022, and again last month, although this time it was interesting, he added that not only has he never spoken to Hunter about any of those business deals, he has also never spoken to any of Hunter's business partners either. Well, as it turns out, that is a provable lie. Pretty easy, actually. So here's what we know. Back in 2011, then-Vice President Joe Biden wrote a letter to a Hunter Biden business partner. His name is Devin Archer. The vice president said in this letter that he regretted that he was too busy to meet up with Mr. Archer, but that he hoped he would do so at some point as a celebration, celebrating the business venture that Hunter was launching with Mr. Archer. Next, we know that in 2014, Mr. Biden went golfing with his son, Hunter, and a Ukrainian energy executive with a firm that is called Burisma Holdings. Hunter was on the board of that company at the time, and he had a position that, as Hunter admitted, he was able to get only because of his connection to his father. By the way, we have a picture of Mr. Joe Biden standing next to that Ukrainian fella on the golf course, so pretty darn clear evidence there. Third, we know that back in 2015, one of Hunter's business partners emailed the junior Biden Hunter saying that, quote, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me the opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. It's really an honor and a pleasure, end quote. Next, fourth, we know that in early 2017, Mr. Biden wrote another letter, this time a recommendation letter. It was for a Chinese child of one of Hunter's business partners, and he was hoping to get that child into an Ivy League school in the U.S. So, in fact, Mr. Biden wrote that letter for this young child. Then, again, in early May of 2017, we know that Mr. Biden traveled to California to meet with yet another one of Hunter's business partners, a fellow named Tony Bobolinsky. And we know that Hunter then told his father, quote, This is Tony, Dad, the individual that I told you about that's helping us with a business that we are working on with the Chinese, end quote. So that vigil, uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, his name is Tony Bobolinsky. He later was warned in a documented exchange that, quote, don't mention Joe being involved. It's only when you are face-to-face that we discuss these things. Now, you know that, but they are paranoid, end quote. Of course, the paranoia they were referring to is the Biden family's paranoia. Then again, on May 13th of 2017, Hunter and his business partners were finalizing that Chinese deal, which I just mentioned, when they started to discuss and finalize how to split the ownership and profits of this deal. They said that 10% of the deal's equity would, quote, be held by H for the big guy, end quote. Well, since that document was uh, put out and published, multiple business partners have since confirmed that H is Hunter, And the big guy was Joe Biden. The next month after that conversation, back in June of 2017, well, unfortunately for the Bidens and his business partners, uh, things took a turn for the worst with this specific Chinese business deal. Hunter was very frustrated with his Chinese business partners, and he wrote this next message that was captured on his laptop. Quote, if I get a call or a text, From anyone involved in this, other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make sure that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows, that you will regret not following my direction, end quote. 
In other words, Hunter claimed that Joe was sitting right next to him, either in part or in whole, obviously reading this text and approving of what was a threat. Well, for what it's worth, subsequent evidence shows us that Hunter Biden, in fact, was at his father's Delaware home when he sent that threatening message. Meanwhile, we also know that Joe Biden was likely there, too. Photos show that Mr. Biden was at his home two days prior to that email exchange. Also, for what it's worth, Mr. Biden's tax returns, to be fair, have never reflected any money of any kind coming from any Chinese-related investments or any foreign business deals. In fact, Mr. Biden has said, quote, I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life, end quote. But actually, that's not true, at least not according to an FBI source. So I first briefed you on this issue back on May 31st, June 9th, and again on July 21st, if you missed those briefs. And I'll tell you, if you did, I would definitely encourage you to go back and review them when we are done today. But here's the key information. The FBI had a senior vetted informant that they had been meeting with for, gosh, since at least 2015. He is a Ukrainian-American national, and he had been paid by the FBI at least a six-figure number of cash for all of his services as a secret FBI source. Well, as we now know, this informant claimed that there were 17 recorded conversations between the CEO of Ukraine's Burisma company and the Bidens, 15 of which were recorded calls with Hunter and two were with Joe Biden himself. So this FBI informant has also claimed that Burisma was paying both Hunter and Joe Biden. In fact, there were one set of payments of $5 million for Hunter and another $5 million for Joe. But here's the thing. The Burisma executive bragged that any investigators who were looking into this would need at least 10 years, if not more, to sort through all the shell companies that were used to, well, eventually hide these secret payments to Joe Biden. That is all captured, ladies and gentlemen, in what is called an FBI form FD-1023. I have that and all the other references that I'm uh, noting for today in the transcripts for folks who are interested. Now, to be fair, these allegations by what is a credible informant, well, if we're to be honest, they are just allegations. They have to be properly investigated, but they haven't been. At least that's according to two IRS whistleblowers who were investigating tax fraud that was committed by Hunter Biden. I spoke with you about this case all the way back in July 20th, and whew, that was a good brief, if I can brag. Very thorough. I would encourage you to revisit it later today if you'd like. But for now, let's do a quick recap. Two IRS whistleblowers testified on Capitol Hill that the Biden Justice Department repeatedly stopped them from fully investigating both the unlawful activities of Hunter Biden and the extent to which Joe Biden and other Biden family members were involved in those same financial crimes as well. Now, I should note that the IRS was interested in the entire Biden family because these Bidens created a, an assortment of shell companies that all in all raked in over $17 million from foreign sources. And that, by the way, includes cash coming from China and Ukraine, just like the FBI informant said. But again, the IRS team was stopped from investigating all of that, as one of the IRS whistleblowers was told by his senior agents at the time, quote, investigating Joe Biden, that's going to take too many approvals. We can't ask those questions, end quote. Well, the whistleblower from the IRS later added this, quote, at the end of the day, it's a matter of, are we treating everyone the same? Are we treating all taxpayers the same? And in this case of Hunter and Joe Biden, no. 
I don't think so. End quote. Okay, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There is the both direct and circumstantial evidence going all the way back to 2015 that despite Joe Biden's denials, he has repeatedly and intimately been aware of and participated in his son Hunter's business deals. And for what it's worth, that is not just my view or opinion. You all largely see this evidence for exactly what it is. A poll came out from CNN over the weekend that shows that 61% of Americans believe that Joe Biden was, in fact, involved in those many Hunter Biden deals. That includes about 40% of Democrats. So those are the facts and data this morning on the background to this announcement of House Republicans who are opening this official impeachment inquiry. It is, ladies and gentlemen, an, an investigation into Joe Biden's alleged corruption. So let's unpack what all of this means and what will likely come next. I'd like to pivot now to my analysis and opinion to offer you that. So let's just frame this first and foremost about the immensity of this moment, ladies and gentlemen. We need to understand whether or not our commander-in-chief is compromised. As we discussed today, it is absolutely and utterly clear that Joe Biden continues to lie about his involvement in his son's business deals question is why? And what is he trying to hide? Well, clearly, I I think it gets to the questions that I started this brief with. Did Joe Biden change or alter U.S. policies to help his son or collect cash for himself? Did he collect that cash directly or did he do it through his family and those shell companies that they set up? I, I can't answer those questions, but you know who should be able to? Our Department of Justice and the FBI. They should have investigated these pieces of both direct and circumstantial evidence for years, including the tip that they got from their very own FBI asset. All right, that's their function. Their very job, ladies and gentlemen, is to uphold the nation's laws and investigations without fear or favor. But as the IRS whistleblowers have said, that did not happen. The Biden Department of Justice and the FBI blocked them at every instance when they tried. So in that kind of environment, with that kind of scenario, what does a nation do? Well, perhaps our our press could do some investigating. After all, that is their very function, to expose the powerful and the corrupt. And yet, despite all the evidence that I've laid out this morning, right, that is evidence that is known to everybody, NBC News said that, quote, there's no connections between the president and Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings, end quote. (laughs) that is just so absurd i'm sorry for just losing my marbles here for a second it's just laughably and demonstrably false there are connections and like helen keller could see them oh but this isn't funny is it not at all we have a man in the oval office that by all reasonable measure is being protected by the department of justice and the fbi at least based on this whistleblower testimony. And it's not a stretch then to say that he is being protected because they know he's corrupt and they are his toadies, right, in the Department of Justice and FBI. And I'll tell you, based on your views on that CNN poll, you know that this is true. So that means that if we are going to get to the bottom of this, it's really up to House Republicans to investigate. And I'll tell you, I appreciate that this is going to have a a shade of partisanship to it, either a a dark or light shade. We can probably debate that, but it's a shade nonetheless. 
But we should ask ourselves, what's the alternative? Knowing that our Department of Justice and the FBI and the media won't do the work, right? What is the alternative when Democrats continue to ignore or shrug off what I have laid out today? Right? They are choosing to protect their party and their president rather than protect the country. And as listeners know, President George Washington warned us about this exact scenario, folks, over 200 years ago. Party politics will ruin the nation. And if you haven't read that farewell address, my goodness, please do so. Just so much wisdom there. But here's the bottom line. Given the state of this country right now, and the frankly pathetic state of this investigation into the Biden family and its corruption, House Republicans have to lead, right? Warts and all. And as they do, Speaker McCarthy said that he's going to be focusing on finding that $5 million that the FBI informant said went to Joe Biden through all those shell companies. Now, I'll tell you, if they can find it and prove it, then we've got the absolute smoking gun that connects all that cash to an act of Biden corruption. Because very famously, Joe Biden personally fired a Ukrainian prosecutor who was investigating Burisma Energy when Hunter Biden was so deeply connected to it. But beyond that, you know, when you start scratching into this stuff, it's possible that House investigators will discover something else, some other form of corruption. Who knows? But we deserve to know, not because we are Republicans or Democrats, we like or dislike Biden, doesn't matter if we're conservative or liberal, because the facts laid out this morning demand it. And if I may, ladies and gentlemen, the very fate of this nation demands it. Those are the stakes. And that's why we should care. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. For subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. I hope you are enjoying the podcast delivered to you each day, ad-free, right in your email, plus all the transcripts of the facts and data that I've presented to you this morning. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, an equal thank you and enjoy the following messages, remembering that if you don't hear my voice telling you about a product or service, then I don't endorse it. We'll be right back. It's been about a month since I introduced you to Wacker Coffee Company, one of the finest small batch coffee roasters in America. Their signature roast is called Red Tape. It is a very nice, smooth roast full of incredible flavor. Wacker also has another one called the Dye Blend. And they've got this great popular decaf option too, if that's your cup of tea or, well, coffee. But here's the bottom line for why I endorse this coffee and this company over all others. They are serious about their product. And you can hear it in the company's motto. We empower coffee beans, they say to be the best versions of themselves. Now, that is a coffee company operated by a United States Marine, by the way, who is serious about their coffee. So, folks, go to wackercoffeeco.com. That is W-A-C-K-E-R. And enter my initials as the promo code BDW, and you're going to get 10% off. And by the way, when you go to the website, make sure that you check out their coffee brewing tips you will see that there is a whole new experience that awaits you. Again, go to wackercoffeeco.com, enter that promo code BDW, and I promise your taste buds are going to love you for it. Folks, if there were ever a product that you should consider, man, this is it. Jace Medical. They provide an emergency supply of prescriptions and antibiotics. And here's why you should consider them. As listeners know, I have spoken about how China and India control most of our prescription drugs, including antibiotics. 
Well, what happens if a war should break out over, say, Taiwan or maybe a pandemic again? Well, we all know what happens. Our supplies of critical products get interrupted, and that is not acceptable if your life depends on it. So that is why I am proud to tell you about JaceMedical.com. And here's how it works. You fill out a simple form at JASEMedical.com. Then you speak with a board-certified physician. And within days, your order arrives at your home for emergency use. And I'll tell you, this is not for casual use, folks. Talk to your normal doctors for sniffles and such. This is for emergency use with potency lasting for years should the worst ever come. So, friends, go to jacemedical.com, enter promo code RIGHT, that is W-R-I-G-H-T, and you will get a discounted order. Again, that is promo code RIGHT at jasemedical.com. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue, shall we, with our briefs this morning? And we're going to talk about some more domestic news. We start with another brewing scandal out of Washington, D.C., and this one involves my old colleagues at the CIA and lies about the COVID pandemic. Yesterday, House Republicans sent a demand letter to the CIA asking them to come clean on some allegations made by a CIA whistleblower. This whistleblower, who has apparently spent several decades at the agency, well, this individual has told House leadership a pretty shocking story. And here it is. The CIA had a task force of seven technical experts and analysts that were called the COVID Discovery Team. Now, their mission was to make an assessment from where COVID originated. Right? Did it come from that Wuhan biolab released on purpose or accident? Or rather, did it come from a, a Chinese bat or pangolin or some other animal and hop over to uh, humans? Uh, that is called a zoonotic spread. Well, according to the whistleblower, six of these seven CIA experts said that it came from that Wuhan lab, right, on accident, probably. But one of these experts said, no, no, it was zoonotic. And that one person that that dissented, well, that individual was apparently a very senior CIA officer. And here's where things get nasty. The senior CIA officer pushed or otherwise demanded the six other folks to change their minds. And as this person did so, to induce these people to change their minds, well, somebody at the CIA offered these six intel officers a big cash payout if they would only change their minds about the origins, right? Not the lab, but rather some unknown animal, the zoonotic release. Well, apparently, these six, they did. They changed their minds. They changed their assessments, all for cash. And that apparently helped the Biden Office of Director of National Intelligence say in June that the CIA, quote, remains unable to determine the precise origin of the COVID-19 pandemic, end quote. Well, based on the whistleblower's allegation, Congress has now demanded that the CIA provide a wide variety of documents and information about this allegation. In fact, you can read more about what they want in the transcripts, but nevertheless, we will see what happens. But I'll, I'll tell you, speaking of, as of this recording, neither the White House nor the CIA has responded to this demand, but I'm sure that that will change in the next 24 hours or so. With that, those are the facts and data this morning on this piece of news. Let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion on what to make of it. So here's what I know based on my time at the CIA. 
these six or seven CIA task force members probably got something that is known as an Exceptional Performance Award, or EPA. And if you do a little Google searching, these are known in the open press, so no, no secrets here, but the purpose is to give Intel officers a, a small cash payment based on doing something exceptional. Right? They've gone above and beyond in the service for their country. I was honored to get one, and I know some wonderful officers who've gotten them too. And what I know is that the cash award is usually pretty modest. Maybe a couple hundred bucks, maybe a thousand or two. It just depends. And here's why that is relevant. If these six agency officers got an EPA that is worth many thousands of dollars, say five, ten thousand dollars or more, then that would be pretty darn good evidence that something very strange happened. And that, in fact, is why, amongst the other things the Congress asked for, they are asking that the CIA give them information regarding the finances of these individuals involved. So let's watch this one, folks, because I think that there is a bigger issue going on here. And to talk about that, let's ask ourselves this. Why would the CIA not want us to believe that the Wuhan lab released this virus on accident or otherwise? Let me ask that differently. What equities did the CIA or the U.S. government have with that lab that if we all learned about it, we would be outraged or it would be devastating, right? Imagine what if the U.S. government, the CIA, the Pentagon, whomever, what if they were somehow complicit in the Wuhan lab's coronavirus research that then caused a pandemic? Well, I'm not going to speculate on that any further. I will simply say that it is a well-established fact that the U.S. government was paying a U.S. organization called EcoHealth Alliance. They were paying them millions of bucks to do research on coronaviruses, and that included research, well, it involved some cooperation with that Wuhan lab. To learn more about that, I flagged an NPR report and transcripts for you to explore. Very interesting. So let's keep our eyes on this one. More to come. With that, we wrap up our news this morning with one final report that will be of keen interest to my listeners on the East Coast. Prices for diesel and heating oil are spiking all the way up and down the eastern seaboard. And if you're wondering why, here's the answer. Two refineries are shutting down for maintenance, and that is a big deal. One is in St. John, Canada, and it provides around 13% of regional supply. The other is in Trainer, Pennsylvania, and that is a key supplier for many states and airlines in that region as well. Now, both refineries are going to be starting to, to shut down later this week and into next week, and they're going to be offline for about two months, maybe six weeks. And that'll mean new supplies are going to have to be found from somewhere else. And actually, a good chunk of it is going to come from abroad, from countries like Colombia and Nigeria, which means that here on The Right Report, we are going to talk about those nations in the coming weeks and months. Also, another thing to keep in mind inventories in the northeastern part of this country, well, they're a little low, actually substantially low. Something called distillates, which includes these items we're discussing this morning. The amounts of or inventories of distillates in the northeast are down 33% below their five-year average. And that's pretty darn risky. So now that we are already down, plus we've got these refineries going out of business for a couple months, well, that is not exactly good news. And it helps explain, well, why some recent price spikes are happening are going to be showing up maybe on your energy bills. More to come on this one, folks. But for now, well, there is a reason. 
if you hear people screaming on the eastern seaboard, they probably just got their utility bill. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. It is a listener question sent to us from one of my paid subscribers at rightreport.substack.com. So last week, I had a great exchange with a listener on Substack, Robert, if my memory serves correctly. And his general feedback to me was this. He really enjoys the right report, but at times it seems like there's just too much coverage of China and dirty green energy. So maybe, Brian, please, could you give us some more diversity of coverage if you don't mind? Uh. <laughs> well, I appreciate that criticism. I've gotten it uh, a few times here and there over the past six months. And for my Substack subscribers, you know that in response to this criticism, I laid out a whole bunch of coverage over the past six months that was far beyond just China and dirty green energy from America and all around the world. But still, it's fair. It begs the question, why do I cover China and dirty green energy often, actually? Are they really that important? Well, yes, vitally so. And let me give you two examples from over the past 24 hours that make that case. First, let's talk China. Yesterday, the U.S. Air Force Secretary, Frank Kendall, said that, quote, the intelligence couldn't be clearer. Whatever its actual intentions may be, I cannot say, but China is preparing for a war, and specifically for a war with the United States, end quote. He added that, quote, we must be ready for a kind of war that we have no modern experience with, end quote. <clears throat> well, that's sobering. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why we talk about China. War is coming, and we ain't ready, but I want you to be. Second, let's talk about that so-called green energy and why I call it dirty green energy. So to refresh our memories, I completely updated my series on the dirty underbelly of green energy, and I relaunched that series back on August 14th, if you missed it. And one of the things that we talked about during that week was the unreliable nature of solar and wind power and how absolutely dangerous and deadly that is to try to power a nation with sources that are both intermittent and unreliable. Well, here's some more sobering news on that. Yesterday, we learned that for the month of June, the entire set of wind turbines in the American Midwest, which cover 14 Midwestern states, those wind blades stopped producing electricity on a massive scale down 32% for the month. In fact, on one day, June 6th, electricity production was down 99.6%. That is according to data from the Southwest Power Pool, which is a regional transmission organization, and they confirmed that data yesterday. Well, wait a minute. Why was there so little wind? Hmm. Well, SPP's chief operating officer, a fellow named Larry Nickel, he said that, quote, we don't know. The jury is still out on that, and we're still trying to figure it out, end quote. Well, apparently for Mr. Nickel, uh, with all due respect, it is apparently a just a real head-scratcher that sometimes the wind doesn't blow. And this, in fact, is what our country and its leaders are demanding that we build more of, right? They are saying that wind and solar are going to be the stuff that powers us, that keeps our lights on our hospitals running, our factories producing the goods and services that keep us alive. 
And in the Midwest, this power is the stuff that gets your food supply to your table, right? This is the stuff that is supposed to power the farms and ranches of America's breadbasket. And yet it doesn't because it can't. It is a power source that for one day in June was down to 0.4% of normal capacity. To be clear, ladies and gentlemen, that is the stuff that will destroy a nation. And that's why we talk about it. Because if we don't talk about it now, it is going to be too late to fix things when the lights go out and people are looking for quick solutions. Because folks, there won't be any. And I've seen this stuff happen abroad. It is going to be every man, woman, and child for themselves. Folks, if you'd like me to answer one of your questions on the podcast, it's darn easy to do. Either donate via my Stripe account, which you will find a link for in the show notes. Just make sure you leave your email and I'll be in touch. Otherwise, go to writereport.substack.com, sign up, and at the bottom of each day's Substack post that you get in your uh, email, you can leave a comment or ask me a question. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.